Welcome to the Florida Travel Podcast, episode 92 about Florida architecture. The Florida Travel Podcast is a podcast to help Florida residents and visitors get more out of the Sunshine State. I'm Tanya. And I'm Christina. And this week, we are sponsored by Bookshop. Bookshop is an online bookstore that helps you shop both your local bookstore and bookshops across the country. We use Bookshop to compile our favorite road trip resources, fun beach reads, or classic favorites. It's easy to use, and each purchase supports the local bookstore that you choose. Or if you don't choose a bookstore, proceeds are divided among hundreds of bookstores across the country. Visit floridatravelpod.com slash bookshop for our must-read lists and start shopping local today. All right, this week... We are going to talk about Florida architecture, but this sort of relates this tip. Okay. Give me, give me your tips. So um, considering the historic places and the architecture that we will be talking about, I thought it was a neat thought to when you're going to some of these places, um, you have to check out local antique shops or local, um, I mean, they're not always antique shops, but they're like the little shops that sell the little trinkets in the area. Um, because those shop owners will know a lot about the stories behind the pieces that are in their shop. So you might even get a little more of a history from talking to the shop owners, especially if the owner is there, you know, not always the owner there, but there's history within the shop and possibly even about the area that you're in. So visit local antique shops, talk to the owners, and uh, you might be surprised what you learn. I think, I mean, you talk about the trinket shops and that, but I do think you're right. The antique shops, because they're constantly in history, right? They're right. in your local history. Mm-hmm. So it's a great way to get some more local history. But no matter where you are, don't forget your sunscreen. Okay. So you picked out architecture this I did. week. Why did you choose this as a topic for us to talk about? History comes up a lot as we go through Florida. It's a I mean, it is a historical place. No, the United States is not the oldest place, but it has a lot of history rooted in it. And Florida's history is very deep. And so um, oftentimes it stands to reason that certain areas will have um, a piece of architecture that you're like, whoa, where did that come from? You know, (laughs) so as we've gone through some of these places, I've always been struck at least once by something architectural. Absolutely. I So my husband and I, we talked about, we'll, we'll just dive right into the Stetson Mansion because mm-hmm. this was uh, Florida's first luxury home and one of the grandest built in Florida during the 19th century. It was, um, it's located outside of Deland and we went there for their Christmas tour this past year and every room is so over the top, but tastefully done decorated by the owners but it was owned and built by john stetson who is famous for his stetson cowboy hats right you and you went to did your brother go to stetson university yeah Yeah, you had family that went to stetson university so stetson mansion is where john stetson lived himself and it's funny because as we were going through this tour this is i don't know if this was you know just because We've seen a lot of these places. We're learning about the different architecture. It's not something I know a lot about. 
as far as different styles of architecture. I can't look at something and go, oh, yes, that's Gothic Revival yeah. or that's, you know. <laughs> oh, I had no mid- intention of us being able to do that on this episode <laughs> at all. But we could look at it and say, hey, that's a really cool, beautiful architectural piece. But as my husband and I were going through this, we're like, this is something, though, that we would really love to learn more about. And visiting places like this, we can learn more about these different types of architectural styles and I, I just feel like, okay, one of these days when I'm retired, yeah, I'm going to go around and I'm going to say, oh, tell me more about your garth- gothic architecture. Uh, this one's from the Gilded Age. The Gilded Age. Absolutely. So this is, it is um, what they called it. It was, it's first of all, it's listed on the National Register of Historic Places and it is a blend of cottage Cottage, Gothic, Tudor, Moorish, and Polynesian details are incorporated into this building. So it's it's an ex- excellent an- example of the high style Victorian architecture. Um, so I think, again, you're getting all kinds of architectural interests here at the Stetson Mansion. Now, the Stetson Mansion is only going to be open for their holiday tours, which starts, I believe, as early as November. They are um, in the middle of discontinuing their historic tours. Uh, however, you know, if you if you go during their holiday tours, you're still going to see examples of the um, glass windows in the, the room dividers in the floors. This is this is one of those. You got to look at these floors. This is one of those as we're going through every floor is a wood parquet floor throughout the building, but they're all different designs. Every room is a different design. Some of them are diagonal designs and some of them are little square designs and some of them are intricate geometric designs. It was just we, we couldn't stop talking about it. I'm sure we were boring our kids to death, but it's funny. Like, look at that floor. Look at that floor. Look at this one. And it does specify that um, it's so that it's always been occupied and is still a private estate. It is not a museum or a home frozen in time. Exactly. Yeah. So. It, I mean, yeah, the people who own this, we learn this, they go through and do all of this decorating every year. And I think it's gotten to be where um, they maybe just don't have the time to do the historic tours anymore. I'm not really sure, but I know this episode is going to come out after their historic tours have discontinued, but it says the Christmas spectacular holiday home tour starts November 20, uh, sorry, November 1st, 2023. And it ends January 20th, 2024. So it's a long period of time where you can still go and see all of the history. And this was one of the first houses that Edison wired himself. Yeah. So that was the, I mean, your tour guides in there, they're volunteers stationed throughout every room. They know these little details and you can see the original electric panel as well. In That's here. pretty cool. Yeah. There's a scrapbook on their website too. So yeah. They have a lot of information. And when you email and book a tour, they give you a lot of information just via their emails. Oh, that's really cool. Um, so, uh, oh, Dang it. What <laughs> did you lose your place? I did. We're okay. at the lodge at yeah. Wakula Springs. No, I just went to put this the link in. I missed it. Okay. <laughs> so the lodge of Wakula, Wakula Springs, which we did talk about a couple episodes ago, um, it's considered a Florida architectural landmark. It's been on the ground since 1937, and it's featured along the nearly 6,000-acre park and river. Uh, it is on the National Register of Historic Places. Um, the cool thing about this place is it sort of worked into the surroundings of, you know, canopies of oak, 
hickory, beech trees, natural springs, wildlife. So it is in the state park, um, but it's like, a, you know, this historic, beautiful building that you can go to when you visit the park. And so you'll also get like go to the park, visit the park, be part of the nature and all that stuff, but also get a little historic tour to begin with. And I'm sure you can walk inside of the lobby of the lodge without staying there as Correct. well. Yeah. So when I was looking at the pictures of this and, you know, I, again, don't know my terms, but some of this, I would say craftsman style, you know, these big wood beams, decorated wood beams at that. It reminded me of one of the lodges that we went and had dinner at in Yosemite National Park. So um, I, I did find it kind of interesting, too. Um, we've talked about cypress trees. Um, that's a, kind of a Florida thing when you see cypress. Um, but the use of heart cypress can be seen all throughout the lodge. Heart cypress is the interior part of the tree. Um, so I think cypress, um, now um, I wish I could ask my husband, but I feel like cypress is not a hardwood. Is it a hardwood? I, 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 that's my answer. So <laughs> I don't know. So the, the thing about this is cypress is very, um, like, it's protected. So all the cypress logs that are used in the lodge were obtained locally as deadheads. That means cypress. Oh, okay. That's, that's cool. It's fallen into the water and been immersed for 50 years or longer. Wow. Making it impervious to rot. Ooh. So interesting little oh, fact. Oh, because especially in the heat right. in Florida, mm -hmm. things are going to rot. Things are going to deteriorate quickly. So if it's in the water and it's survived, then... Yeah, that's that's great. And it also they have the world's longest known marble bar at seventy feet three inches in the Ooh. gift shop. Marble oh, in the good in the gift shop yeah. at that too. There is it says there's Tennessee marble throughout the floors, baseboards, thresholds, counters, stairwells, desktops, tabletops, and in the gift shop lobby and veranda. Yeah, but this is seventy feet of marble. That's that's impressive. Yeah, this is again, like I said, I. I was really looking at these pictures. It did remind me of places that we visited in the national parks out West and yeah. goes to show you, as we keep saying, there's always something in Florida that you can find, you know, that's different and distinct from everywhere else. The original roof was of wood with a steel superstructure, but there was a fire. So they replaced it. Oh Yeah. I mean, you would have to. Yeah. Well, I just, I'm saying like the <laughs> fact that there was a fire there at some point. All right. This next list that you have, this is kind of your iconic Florida architecture, right? So I literally, you have to just go to this website because I only touched on a few things that I found interesting here. Um, the Miami Art Deco Historic District, which we've mentioned this area for many different reasons, of like several times. Um, but uh, the Miami Art Deco District is very well known. They have everything from murals to obviously architecture in the area. Uh, it's worth a tour for... Um, just the art, much less the art of the architecture. So 
Um, it's an area of Miami Beach noted for the the buildings themselves being Art Deco within a square mile. Um, you can join a walking tour, uh, takes you past the white and pastel colored stucco buildings. They've been restored to their former splendor thanks to the Miami Design Preservation League. So over time, you know, these buildings, if they're not preserved historically and properly, um, I know that there's organizations that oversee that so this in this case that would be the miami design preserve preservation league making sure that they as they are being restored they're being done historically correct so one of the places that i found was the carlisle Um, it's one of the most famous constructions um, in all of miami it's designed by a german american architect um, Richard, I cannot say that last name, Canel, it's German name. I'm not real oh. great with the German. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the Carlisle has appeared in films like Scarface, The Birdcage, um, Random Hearts. I don't know the Random Hearts one, but the Scarface and the Birdcage. Bird so yes. when you look at the picture, I recognize it. Absolutely. From yeah. How would you describe Art Deco? Um, gosh, I don't, I mean, it's literally like artwork. Out of, <laughs> out of, you know, material. Well, and, you know, you wrote here, it's like the, the white and pastel yeah. colored stucco buildings. But I look at the style and it feels very almost like what the 1900s thought modern thought what the future was going to look like right yeah it it looks a little bit like that that futuristic like the what is that movie from the back to the future no 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 not that future (laughs) (laughs) that future did not exist even in any of our presence (laughs) so um no it looks it just reminds me of um what someone in the 1920s thought modern futuristic design was this even goes beyond like what the 1950s thought the future was gonna look like when i look at the carlisle i think of the 50s Okay. See, I was thinking, I'm thinking, there's a movie I'm thinking of and I'm going to find it. <laughs> I see, I see the pastel colors and the curvatures. So that's a thing um, on this building that he, he used was this curvature style. Yes. Um, and so to me, I look at it and I see fifties um, and I know that, you know, that's, it's just my sight looking at it, but I, I'm pretty sure that that was an intention because um, that the elegant curvatures was part of that, his particular style. The Rocketeer is what I was thinking of. Yeah. I've never seen that. I don't know that I have either, but when you look at those posters it feels very similar to like art deco so this place is actually um, a block away from versace's residence um, which is called uh casa casuarina casuarina um so anyway i I thought that was really cool because it's just another historic place which is right there around the corner um but that place is um has was first in scarface and bad boys 2 and um most notably giving up its name to become the titular setting for the 1996 the birdcage so um you have definitely seen this place before and if you look at the pictures you will recognize it i know you will if you've seen those movies so not only are you getting architecture when you're going to the art deco district you're getting a movie tour Right, exactly. Especially in that place. Yes. So there's also the McCappen. 
McAlpin. So it's considered um, a near perfect embodiment of what you would see, uh, what would be called Miami Art Deco. It's symmetrical with the turquoise and the coral pink accents. The turquoise. Yeah, I I know that those colors because you think when I think of Miami, that is what I think of. It is, and I, it must be just because of this this Art Deco, you know, style of architecture. Um, but the it's got a boxy silhouette, stands out from the neighbors. Um, in, you know, because of its style, but it's on Ocean Drive. It was designed in 1940 by Dixon. The McAlpin follows the rule of three, which also, funny enough, um, is how the Carlisle was described, this um, rule of three, a design guideline that um, purportedly in- influenced by Egyptian tradition where decorative elements are organized in groups of three. That is a good photography trick, though, too. You always want to have your your frame in thirds three vertical lines horizontally and vertically crossing on the facade so it's like this interesting yeah i know it's kind of interesting because you would look at it and you might see it and you might know i'm looking at something but i don't know what i'm looking at but that's what it is the rule of three and this is why one of these days when i retire i'm going to study architecture just because this is all stuff that i never knew growing up so now the mcalpin is actually now a 52-room hotel, uh, Hilton owns it, and it's one of the most popular selfie spots in the city, if that's a little-known fact for oh, you. Oh, then we need to go and take our selfies, right? right? Take a selfie at the McAlpin. I, I wanted to circle back to the, the website that you had on here, which was the Miami Art Deco Historic yeah. District. So they have a lot of different tours on their website, and you can take an Art Deco walking tour, or you can even do a self-guided Art Art Deco architectural audio tour. Yeah. And they have several other tours too, like a Mediterranean architecture tour and a South Beach Scandals tour, which sounds scandalous. I'm guessing there's a lot of scandals that go on. And, <laughs> and especially when you look at the, you know, the people that own some of these places. <laughs> but they also have an Art Deco museum, which is right there on Ocean Drive as well. So it, prov- um, you know, gives gives visitors and locals um, better understanding of the architectural heritage in that area. Go to Miami, go to the Art Deco district, take a tour of the Art Deco, a scandalous tour, and then do a food tour. Oh, yes. (laughs) Hey, Christina, have you ever heard of Viator? I absolutely have heard of Viator. Did you know that you can use Viator to book places and tours in Florida? Yeah, there's some fantastic places that you can find on Viator. I have even booked that trolley tour that you took in St. Augustine. I was able to book that through Viator. And what I love is that if we had to change our plans, they have free cancellation. I know, 24 hours cancellation and you get a full refund, right? That's 100% refund, isn't it? It is. And so you can find all kinds of things from trolley tours to snorkeling to even some airboat tours throughout the state of Florida. So so like a, an experience as opposed to just, oh, look up a, a, a rental to stay in or lodging. It's actual like total experience. Absolutely. And Viator has so many tours to choose from. They really are your all-in-one site for attractions and things to do in our sunshine state. And I wanted to say too, they they're, they work like a search platform. So you could just be like, hey, I'm, I want things to do in 
in Miami and it pops up with everything, right? Absolutely. So I put some of our favorite tours on our website. So to get started, if you want to go to floridatravelpod.com slash Viator, you can get started booking some of our favorite Florida attractions. And Viator is spelled V-I-A-T-O-R. So the last thing that I put on my list, which... Trust me, if you go on to the original, um, the Miami Art Deco Historic District link, you'll find a lot more of these. And I just picked a few of them. But there's the Colony Hotel, which was built in 1935 by Henry Hohauser, one of Miami's most prolific architectures, who's um, estimated to have created 300 buildings in the area. Wow. So if you want to talk about architecture, there's someone to look into. No kidding. 300 buildings. I wasn't even about to dive down that rabbit <laughs> hole, but it's worth a look, especially if you're interested in um, mainly scratching the surface for you and letting you figure it out from there. <laughs> I think another thing to note, too, when you're going through the Art Deco District is the lighting in the evenings. I think that's, you know, you've got to go see these buildings during the day, but each one has this really distinct uh, lighting that lights up the building. There is a little bit of neon, but we're not talking like um, Las Vegas style neon. It's Miami neon, and it it literally makes you like... But you're looking at, like, I, I went to the McAlpin on Hilton's website, mm-hmm. and the building is just lit in shades of blue with green accents for the name of the building. And that is another thing you see a lot of when you're looking at Art Deco or South Beach, Miami, you're seeing the the evening colors as well. So I think it's it's worth a stay both you know worth visiting both during the daytime and in the evening. Did you look at the Colony Hotel? Look at that with the names the vertical yeah. name and then the hotel underneath it. It is complete 50s look. It is. It's very streamlined, but it is also, you know, three, look, one, two, three. And it's also very neon too. Yep. yep. Okay. So that's the where are we? Colony Hotel. Yeah. Okay, simple design, striking. Um, it has is, it, the streamlined part is, I think, um, personally, one of the things I think of when I think of the 50s. Just think of the cars. Everything yes. has that well, streamlined look. And you talk about neon too. And I think that's also when, like, the, the age of neon really started to become more prevalent too, right? It's not just the neon, it's the lighting, the backlighting above on these buildings as well. And that vertical sign is also yes. um, very prominent, uh, a feature that, that that building has is the vertical Agreed. sign. Okay, so now this place um, we talked about before as well. Frank Lloyd Wright at Florida Southern College. Yes. Did you know that this is like the largest collection of Frank Lloyd Wright um, structures? Yep. They have 13 of them. That's incredible. Um, we did, what, I don't remember, it was a college tour, right? That was the I college did a college one. tour. Yeah, I did a college tour there with um, my kid. I actually know um, friends whose children are at Florida Southern. It is an open campus, so you can walk on here and do your own um, self-guided tour. You can get one actually even at their visitor center. Yeah, the Usonian House um, is the last structure built 
and it's adjacent to the college, the college's uh, Sharp Family Tourism and Education Center. And you can take a tour of that place as well. Um, but that was the last place that was built on the campus. Yeah, I thought this was really interesting, though, too, because, again, a lot of people think of Frank Lloyd Wright and they think of the Falling Waters House. And there's places in upstate New York that's dedicated. But here you have this large collection of his style of architecture, which is very iconic to, um, you know, his designs are very iconic and very unique. And you can just walk right through the campus. Imagine going to school here too, amongst all this beautiful architecture. Right, exactly. And so you can take the, there's an in-depth tour also, which is um, an extended tour, uh, last two and a half hours <laughs> to take that tour. Um, and basically you, you walk the campus um, and it includes everything featured on the basic tour, but it reveals new details and insights into the history of the design and the construction of the Child of the Sun. Well, and this is not a big campus either. So when we're talking two and a half hours, it's not like you're doing two and a half hours of solid walking the entire no, time. No, it's probably this mostly them talking is maybe a mile or two wide. It's not it's not very big. It's very easily walkable campus. Yeah, so you you can get a good look into the library, the arts building, the science building, all of them designed by Wright. Perfect. Okay. Where, where are we going next? Now we're going to see Solomon's Castle. Solomon. This this is like I mean, this has to be the weirdest thing. This that, is, this is, where is this place? So Solomon's Castle, I had to look this up. It's in Ona, Florida, which if this tells you anything, Tanya, when you look at Ona, Florida on a map, it's right by Arcadia. Do you know what's in Arcadia? No. Nothing. Nothing oh. is in Arcadia. There's That's nothing a trick there. Question. There's actually a crime <laughs> podcast all about Arcadia. There's nothing Interesting. there. Interesting. Yeah. So um, the the thing about this is south. It's southeast of Tampa. Okay. Um, it is also known as a whimsical homemade fortress, and it is built from aluminum printing plates. Okay. I I love that because my dad was a printer and we used to use those aluminum printing plates. And when my brother had this Pontiac Tempest, he had no floors in it. So we took the the printing plates and we stacked them all on top of each other and stapled them to what was there on the floor and used (laughs) it as the floor of his car. All right. So they built an entire castle out of these aluminum printing plates. I, I mean, way to recycle. I, I guess. I mean, like, does it leak? <laughs> so the sculptor's name was Howard Solomon. Um, he started building the castle in 1974 out of the printing plates that were thrown out by the local newspaper. Okay. Um, years Again, later. Again, way to recycle, I suppose. Right? Exactly. Um, so it's still, it's 12,000 square feet. Wow. So we're not talking about like you know, a little treehouse castle here. We're this talking about full size. Is by all this is definitely your quintessential roadside attraction. <laughs> I agreed. Agreed. Would you would you spend a night there? Is it cold in there or is it hot in there? Like hot I guess in Florida. It would be hot in there. Yes. I I I, I don't even know. I don't know. 
<laughs> this is very, very interesting. I mean, they do have a Facebook page that has like 12,000 followers too. I so. mean, I'm going to guess it has some sort of a cult following. Like, oh, I know the Solomon's Castle people. You you linked their website. Their Facebook page definitely gives you a better... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Their a website better doesn't have picture a picture of it. Yeah. Um, their website is very outdated. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's shiny. <laughs> it's very shiny because some of the pictures it's like this glow comes off of it yes. especially where you know when on a sunny so does it reflect cloudless. the sun and maybe it's cool inside I don't know there's got to be insulation oh, in there I mean it it was built in the and let's see the 1974 it does look so. very medieval castle style yeah, um, I don't know how many medieval castles were built out of printing plates. But. <laughs> well, no, but I'm just saying, like, it's got the turrets. It's got, you know. It looks like the Tin Man from. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> All right. So next up, we have Al Capone's home in Miami. So this goes along with our dinner show episode yes, where you go, see, go, to, go to Miami, go visit Al Capone's home, and then come up to Orlando and go to Capone's Dinner Theater. In 1928, Miami Beach's polite society was <laughs> rocked with the news that the infamous gangster from Chicago, the crime boss, Al Capone, had purchased a home on Palm Island, um, one of the city's newest and most prestigious addresses. <laughs> Much to the consternation of the city fathers, local organizations, and even the state governor, Capone continued to live there until his death in 1947, and his wife, May, held on to the house until 1952. Wow. So can you tour it? So, okay. On the website, you have the picture. So this is e-architect. Um, oh, what a great site, though, It's too. a beautiful, beautiful home. Um, it is. I'm not sure if it's open for tours. I believe it's probably like a Hollywood thing where you can drive by the outside of it. Let's see. I like the description, though, that the website had, which is what you had just read off, because, I mean, much to the consternation of the locals, <laughs> we didn't want a local mobster here. Yeah, I don't think it's open for touring, like open, open. I think okay. it's a, it's an owned home. But you can drive by it nonetheless. So. You can also um, ride by in your boat on it too yeah, because it the uh, does side, overlook yeah. the it's water the, it's and... the, the canal or the canal the channel to get out to the ocean so yeah capone's house so dodd hall located at fsu was constructed in stages between 1925 and 1929 dodd hall is a magnificent example of collegiate gothic architecture Ooh. so what i thought was really cool about dodd hall was that inside has a ton of stained glass. So it has like, and that's, I think that's the Gothic part. So they call it, there's like a story on every wall because all of the stained glass tells a story. Oh, that's really cool. I wonder if that's anything, you know, comparative to all the stained glass that you can uh, look at at Flagler. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We didn't talk about Flagler College here too, but um, keep talking about Dodd Hall. Okay, so um, it was built in 1923, and it was originally the library for the Florida State College of Women. Did you know that Florida State College was originally just a college for women? I did. And then FSU, um, or, or uh, sorry, and then for FSU until, so the state, with, when it wasn't a women's college and it converted, and it remained um, the library, but then Strozer Library was built in 1956, so then that wasn't the library anymore. This 
the tall high structure in the Gothic style tells its story on the walls in stained glass. Uh, And in the lobby, there's this oil painting on the rear east wall painted by the artist Artemis Housewright. And the painting showcases the historic structures as well as the local flora and fauna. Nice. So inside, it's not just the architecture itself, but it's the windows, the decor inside. And that is also a place you can go in. These is another reason why to go back to why you might want to visit some of the college campuses. We talked about that a while ago. Uh, However, visiting places like Dodd Hall at FSU or Flagler College in St. Augustine. I mean, you can take a trip through their dining hall and you've got the same thing, the Tiffany stained glass. They've got gold inlaid ceilings, you know, big oak arches throughout the building, marble floors. It's just stunning. And we've talked about that there as well. So Christina, where are we going? I want to go to Wakula. Yes, me too. Okay, so I have to say, going to the Al Capone house, I want to, I have to see it. Well, we have to, I mean, that could be combined with the whole Art Deco tour, the too. I've got to go do all of those Art Deco buildings. I yeah. need to spend some time there. And uh, Salomon's <laughs> Castle. Salomon's Castle. What the heck? Like, what a great road trip. you got to go there just to see that. I am going to Sebring in a couple of weeks. I might be able to um, oh, include that as get a, a roadside attraction. Please get a picture. I need a selfie of you in front of Salomon's yeah. Castle. I will see. Make what sure I can it's do. a bright, sunny, cloudless sky, though. Okay, I will. I will do my best and work, order the work weather in advance. Okay. And now it is time for our featured Florida product of the week. Each week, we share our favorite Florida products from small businesses throughout the state. And this week, <laughs> Mr. Crab Cakes in Marco Island. <laughs> I just read Mr. Crab. <laughs> Mr. Crab Cakes. Yes. So the, the although the crab meat does get shipped in, they do make their handmade, homemade, very traditional recipe mm. of true Maryland crab cakes right there. Um, and you can order them or you can go to their um, restaurant, which is in Isla Morada. Nice. Oh, I love Isla Morada. Right? It's one of my favorite places in the Keys. Yeah, so you can order. They ship nationwide. Nice. All right, stay tuned to see where we are going next week. And you better look out for Tanya's picture of Solomon Castle <laughs> on our Instagram or Facebook. See what we can do. Yeah, at Florida Travel Pod. Or you can go to our website, floridatravelpod.com, to check out everything that we have listed, things we may not have talked about, links that we've put in our show notes that we will um, list on the website. You can email us with any tips, tricks, ideas, pictures, locations you want us to talk about at hello at floridatravelpod.com. You can support the Florida Travel Pod by following us or leaving us a review on your favorite podcast player. Even if you just want to leave us a nice little rating, it all helps others discover our content. And if you enjoy our content, consider supporting us on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash floridatravelpod, we're going to give you some things in exchange for your support, but your support really does allow us to pay some bills because none of this is free but it does give us more time to dedicate to research the best content from the sunshine state next week i think we'll have some time to talk about clay county florida never never been there that's it for this week i'm tanya (laughs) and i'm christina stay sunny everyone 